You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us all out on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Nod of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms, at Locked On Hornets. We've got some content on a Wednesday. We have game results. We'll take a look at the loss to the Clippers last night. Trade rumors out there. Sam Amico reports that the Hornets have interest and acquiring Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers and a possible deal there. So we'll get to that. Some macro things going on maybe with this Charlotte Hornets team. But also we have a national television appearance for our star player, Kimba Walker. He had some interesting things to say about his potential long-term career here in Charlotte. Went on the jump with Rachel Nichols, Chenea Gwumake, and Richard Jefferson. He was in L.A. playing the Clippers, so decided to get some studio time in with The Jump, a fantastic show on ESPN, a really good NBA show, and Kimba got some airtime. And since he was in L.A., he stopped by the studio, and Rachel asked Kimba a question on what it might take for him to stay in Charlotte. Here's the clip and what Kimba had to say. Do you want them to be active before this year's trade deadline to get you a better team to make you want to stay? We keep talking about Anthony Davis and the pressure on the Pelicans to be a place he wants to stay in. Your contract is up this summer. There is a lot of teams that are going to be coming knocking on your door. What do you want the Hornets to do so you feel good about staying? Uh, they know. <laughs> Say it. They know what they got to do. Um, <laughs> that's not my job. You know, uh, I leave it up to those guys. You know, we have Mitch now, who's a, who's a great guy who's done a great job at you know building teams over his his GM career and um, you know I think I have a lot of trust in him so you know we talk all the time and um, he knows so Kimba letting it be known that he and Mitch Kupchak have had discussions he said they talk all the time there is a clear message between the two coming from Kimba Walker to Mitch Kupchak on what they have to do in order to keep him so, one, it sounds like the Charlotte Hornets really want to keep Kimba. I know, shocker, but it does. it is a question that we have now, especially with the Charlotte Hornets and their potential for things to go so south that maybe the ideal thing to do would be to sell everybody, including Kimba Walker. But I mean, from Kimba's comments, and maybe you can't take any message on in that regard from Kimba and his comments, but it does seem like the Charlotte Hornets do want Kimba, and it seems like there has been a discussion between Kimba and Mitch Kupchak, multiple discussions, that if you want me to stay here in Charlotte, this is what has to transpire. And what it sounds like needs to transpire, based on the way that Rachel asked the question, you know, she asked, do they need to make a trade before this year's deadline? You know, the deadline is going to be in February. And remember, it's going to be before the All-Star game. The All-Star game has been moved back in the last couple of seasons to where it's not really the halfway point, really the two-thirds point in the season, closer to it. So Rachel asked that specific question and then goes on to kind of ask, you know, just what do they have to do in general? And Kimba said he knows. So Kimba not giving us any details, but it just seems to me that Mitch Kupchak has to go out and get somebody in order to help Kimba Walker at least take that next step. Whether that's just a series win, whether that's getting actually to an Eastern Conference Finals, I don't know what that next step is. But to me, I think it would just be winning a playoff series. But who knows what it is in Kimba's mind. This ain't it, though. And we all know that. All of us want more than what is probably going to happen. The Hornets are probably going to make the playoffs. 
and they're probably going to lose. Most likely, it's not going to be a competitive series, whoever they match up against. You know, maybe there is a game or two that goes the Charlotte Hornets way. I think if they won two, I think that would be a success, to be honest with you. You know, if they were able to push it to seven games, I think that would absolutely be a success, depending on who they would play. If they get that six through eight seed, they'd be facing the Bucks, the Raptors, or the Pacers. And if the 76ers squeezed or the Celtics went on a second half tear, then maybe. But those are the five teams they'd have to play. And I just don't see the Hornets really competing as much to win that series. And I believe that majority of everybody would think the same thing. So the next step would be to win a playoff series, not just to get there, but to win a playoff series. And so what does Mitch Kupchak have to do? Now we've got some rumors coming out. Sam Amico, he comes out with a story that the Charlotte Hornets and the Dallas Mavericks both have shown interest in potentially acquiring Kevin Love. Not only do they have interest, but Sam characterizes it as the Hornets having fairly strong interest in Kevin Love. I don't know what that means, but it's more than just interest, I would imagine. So Love, at 30 years old, he underwent left foot surgery in early November. He's been on the bench for the entire season, really, just the four games, I think, that he's played so far this year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we don't know when he's coming back. So Kevin Love, you look at the last couple of seasons, he's missed more than 20 games in each of the last two seasons, Include not including this one, including this one, he'll absolutely miss more than 20 games, more than 30 games counting this season. So Kevin Love is an injury risk, but the point stands that the Charlotte Hornets, they feel a necessity to go out and try to acquire some help, some big-time help for Kimball Walker. Not just any of these role players, because we've got all the role players you want. We're a role-player tree. A lot of other GMs could come here to Charlotte and pick from the role-player tree. But then they realize there's a lot of money attached to it, and then they'll just leave it on the ground. But we have the talent as far as the role-players go. Cody Zeller would be a nice piece to a team that already has majority of the bulk figured out. Same thing with MKG. Same thing probably with Jeremy Lamb. We've got some young assets, and the young assets are... That's what it's going to take in order to get one of these guys. So if there is a fairly strong interest to acquire Kevin Love, I would imagine that a lot of it is to try to put this help towards Kimba Walker, but I think that might be a little bit of a panic move if they eventually do trade for Love. I don't like that move. I would be pretty angry if they decided that they were going to get Kevin Love on this roster. We all know Nick Batum's contract is bad. Kevin Love is worth more of his contract than Nick Batum is for sure. But that doesn't change the length of the two contracts. Kevin Love is on the books for two more years than Nick Batum is. And at more money, by the way. So if you trade for Kevin Love, then you have to deal with him through the year 2022-2023. And at that point, every single one of his seasons will be in his 30s. He's 30 years old right now. He'll be 31 next season, and by the time his contract ends, he'll be 34. So you have Kevin Love locked up for a while. You know my theory. I think they should just wait this out 
unless there is a awesome deal. I, I mean, barring anything that would be advantageous for the Charlotte Hornets, of course, that you would take that. I just don't think that's going to happen regarding a Nick Batum deal. So you kind of just got to lay in the bed that Rich Cho and company made for this team just a couple of years ago. Because I just don't see that Nick Batum would be a part of a whole lot of trades that other teams would be willing to take him on. You know, maybe is that something that would have to be like I'm not even making that trade if Nick Batum is included in that deal. And that might be crazy to a lot of you, but that's two more years left of Kevin Love. If you have to include assets like Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and a first-round pick or a protected first-round pick, but you do get to attach Nick Batum's contract to it and trade that to the Cleveland Cavaliers in order to get Kevin Love and whatever other pieces that are going to be thrown in that deal, I understand that you're getting rid of Batum's contract, but because I have to get rid of these assets, I'm still holding on to that contract because I don't want Kevin Love for two more years longer than what I'd have to deal with with Nick Batum and get rid of all of these assets that would help you build towards the future. You know, Maybe you think Kevin Love's contract is more tradable, but that might be the case. But also, you could have 40 games of Kevin Love, 50 games of Kevin Love that you can depend on every single season. You know, He's not going to get any better. He's past his prime. And I think that Kevin Love, if you get a healthy Kevin Love, then you are a better basketball team this season. There's no doubt about it. You know, this is not about hating the player that he is. I don't, I don't think he's phenomenal, but I, I think he's an all-star. I think probably what a lot of you think about him as far as the kind of play that he's able to exhibit out there on the court. But I don't want Kevin Love locked up for $30 million four or five years from now. It's just too much. So I think the larger point about all of this, though, is the fact that Mitch Kupchak feels compelled to look for every single star that's available. I saw one article on Twitter that was released, and I forget who I saw it from, but the headline was, where is all the star trade bait? It's just not there, at least not like it seems to have been in years past. And so we have talked a lot about Bradley Beal. That seems to be the one guy I would be all in for Bradley Beal. His deal is shorter than what Kevin Love's is. It's also less money. I think he's also worth more than it. And even though you have had, I think, a couple of injuries to Bradley Beal here and there, Bradley Beal doesn't have the injury history in the last three seasons that Kevin Love does. And so if Washington is willing to part ways with Bradley, if they're willing to blow this thing up, we've talked about this a lot, but I just think that would be a fantastic move for the Charlotte Hornets. And yes, as much as I wouldn't like it, I wouldn't like to see the younger guys go. I think I would be willing to pull the trigger. I'd be willing to pull the trigger on Malik Monk. I'd be willing to pull the trigger on Miles Bridges. Whatever salary cap filler that you would have to send along in order to make this thing work. And then the first round selection, that's where it gets dicey. But yeah, I I think I would. Especially if you won Kimba. Because everybody that's clamoring for Kimba to stay here in Charlotte then you have to be willing to get rid of the first-round selection because the first-round selection, if you, if, if you sign Kimba, that means you have no intentions of tanking, and that means that you are out to seek another star to put alongside him. It looks like that's what Mitch Kupchak wants to do. It seems like that's what every single Charlotte Hornets fan wants to do, at least a lot of them. So if, if that is your goal, then that means that you have to be willing to part with a first-round selection if you want to get a guy like Bradley Beal. And if you're going to take any real step towards winning a playoff series than a Bradley Beal type of player or better. I don't know how much below you can go than that, but if you want 
a Bradley Beal or better, then you're going to have to be willing to part ways with a first-round draft pick. Because a first-round draft pick, the way that he's going to hit, usually if you can expect him to hit in his prime, so what? Like At least at the beginning of his prime, or at least the beginning of any kind of all-star nod, you're probably looking in the best-case scenario at the second season. Certainly third, I think, is where we would all go. At that point, Kim is going to be 32. So do you want to go through two more years of this? No, it's a tough thing that Mitch Kupchak has to do. It's why I talk about it all the time. It's one of the hardest jobs in all of the NBA, Mitch Kupchak having to be the GM. But now you look at Kimba. You know, he's talked with Mitch Kupchak quite a bit. You know, he knows what he has to do. I would imagine it includes signing Kimba to the max, but also getting him some legitimate help, all-star help. And now Kevin Love, it's rumored that the Hornets are interested in him, and I think that would be a bad move. So go for somebody else. Beal? I don't know, but there might be somebody else out there. And I think that is the direction that I would take this team if I'm the general manager. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back here with a little bit more on the game that happened last night. The Hornets, they do fall almost by 20 points to the Los Angeles Clippers. They give up another, not just 30-point quarter, but 40-point quarter in the final 12 minutes of action. Hornets struggling on defense. We'll try to figure out how we can fix it and also if they're able to survive just a little bit longer before they can come on home from that six-game road trip. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, (laughs) you did. I think you said Miles Leonard. That was on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month, just $1. You'll be able to support the content that you depend on. That's patreon.com slash LOH. Once again, join us at patreon.com slash LOH. So the Charlotte Hornets, they do fall to the Los Angeles Clippers last night, 128 to 109. Right out of the gate, the Hornets allow 33 points to the Clippers to that point. That would have been seven of the last nine quarters that the Hornets allowed 30 points in each of those little individual segments of a game. But now, you know, they go to the second and the third quarter without allowing 30 points. And then in the fourth quarter, the Hornets actually do have a chance to win. They're down nine heading into the final quarter of action. And then they allow 40 points. They score 32 themselves, but they allow 42. You know, I mentioned this yesterday. Borrego... His reasoning for not having Malik Monk in the rotation, or at least shortening his rotation up, was that he was tired of giving up 30-point quarters, and that just has not stopped. You know, you had Jeremy Lamb back last night, 7 of 18. I didn't think looked bad. Not the, the greatest field goal percentage in the world, but it's fine. You know, you look at 7 of 18, 16 points for him. I thought Jeremy Lamb played relatively well, certainly offensively. In his first start back from and back in action, but 
you you look at Jeremy Lamb, you know, he came back against the Clippers. It's not like he was particularly strong on the defensive end anyway. I think Cody Zeller is. I think he's more certainly the most complete big man that this Hornets team has to offer. And you can't play Bismack Biombo for terribly long stretches at a time. Only 15 minutes for him last night and 14 minutes for Hernan Gomez last night. Frank Kaminsky still with the DNPCD, by the way. Interesting with those trade rumors kind of coming out last week that the Hornets were ready to move on from Frank Kaminsky. I wondered maybe if they tried to showcase him a little bit, certainly with this opportunity, not having Cody Zeller available. But they're not doing it. They're just holding on tight to him. Maybe they don't want to hinder his ability. You know, Maybe if they put him out there, maybe they wouldn't want to showcase, hey, this is why we're moving on from Frank. You know, It's interesting to see how you should handle that. Maybe sitting him is the right way to go, especially if you're trying to win games. But he ended up with a DNPCD, so didn't play, despite finding himself in the rotation at times this season. So that's the big man rotation. I do think they miss Cody Zeller, but it's not going to make up for the lack of defense that they have right now. I mean, this is this is everybody. You know, everybody needs to find a way to contribute on that end of the floor. You know, and Nick Batum, just... Like, I, I'm here for the efficient Nick Batum. I, I told you guys, you guys know my thought process on Nick. You know, yes, it the, the contract, it's abhorrent. You look at Nick Batum's play over the 40 games this season, there are some times where he just looked disengaged. Like, I'm okay with the less Nick Batum as long as it's efficient, at least that he's trying on defense. At least he's actually able to come up with a stop or two if he's facilitating a little bit, able to get a few rebounds. Like, I'm okay with Nick Batum, even if he's not as aggressive, but one for six from the field. You know, one of five from three-point range, seven of seven from the free-throw line. He did show some aggressiveness at the beginning of that game. And so I I think you commend him for that. I think that's something that we all enjoyed seeing. He did go to the free throw line seven times. I think that's decent. But Dan Fable, who we're going to have on for Thursday's episode, tomorrow we'll have him on of the Bleacher Report. You know, he came on the wake-up call and we talked to him, I think, last week. when he pointed out that per 36 minutes, he's scoring less than everybody on the team, yes, including Bismack Biombo. All right, okay, when you put it in that sense, then yeah, maybe we have a little bit of a problem with Nick Batum. And, and defensively, I, I did think that he was able to contribute on that end of the floor every once in a while. But certainly here recently, I feel like it has kind of fallen off. And that's and not that he was great in the first place, but Nick Batum, one of six, man, it, it's bad. It's bad performances. I continue to love what you're getting from Marvin. You know, it seems like Marvin... Every single time he steps out on the floor, it was a we, we all know about the awful shooting stretch he went on to begin the season. But you look at the last six games that he's played, all have been in double figures. You know, he's been he was good in the last little bit of December. You look at January, he's had a fantastic start to this month. You know, in December he averaged 12 points a game. He did it on 43% three-point shooting. He did it on 42% shooting from the field. Has brought that up all the way to 45. I mean, the three-point shooting has been good. He shot 39.7% in the month of November and hasn't shot below that since that month. I mean, Marvin, man, you know, you, you look at the value of some of these guys, you wonder how much you'd get from Marvin on the trade market. And that's, that is not an awful contract. I mean, it's, a, it's more money than Marvin's probably worth. You know, he's older. 
But you want that kind of guy with that kind of attitude, with that willingness on the defensive side? You know, I wonder what you could get on the trade market for Marvin if somebody would be willing to, I don't know, send a little bit more assets your way. But if you have any kind of intention to make the playoffs the next couple of seasons, then Marvin is a guy that you know, we kind of need, especially with the way that he's playing here. So he continues to play well. Again, 10 from the field last night. And I think we got to, you can't, you can't ever say that James Borrego has answered a question for you, but at least we had, as far as the game last night, we saw what they were going to do with Devontae Graham last night, even with a healthy Jeremy Lamb. That was the question. What are they going to do long-term with Devontae Graham? We still have no clue because James Borrego is a wild man with his rotations, but Devontae played 13 minutes, only hit one field goal. You know, it was a three-pointer. It was a big one. It was when it mattered. It was within the first three quarters. It was, I believe, in the third quarter. So three points for Devontae Graham. And they played him. You know, Malik Monk had a fantastic fourth quarter. 19 of his 24 points came in that final quarter of action. So Malik Monk tried. He tried, at least, against the Los Angeles Clippers, just unable to do so. The lack of defense, it it killed him. So they dropped this one to the Clippers. The Hornets, they'll move on. They've got the Portland Trailblazers. They've got them Friday. You're hoping that these three days of rest, and you've got Wednesday, you've got all of Thursday, majority of the day Friday, and then you play Portland at 10 p.m. So you've got, for the most part, three days of rest. Portland's a great basketball team. You know, it should be a fun basketball game. Hopefully the Hornets can get a win with that three days of rest because I feel like this game, with the amount of rest, maybe you can sneak up on Portland, beat them on the road, but also you have the Kings on the second night of a back-to-back. Then they go on to play the San Antonio Spurs, who have looked a lot better here recently. So you're hoping one of these games, the Hornets are able to get a victory and go 2-4 and four on this road trip. And you know what? Compared to what we saw in that Dallas Mavericks contest, maybe that wouldn't be all that bad. So we'll see what the Charlotte Hornets are able to do. We told you that they were going to score a lot of points, and certainly they did. <laughs> You know, we thought maybe the Hornets would score a little bit more given the Los Angeles Clippers' defensive deficiencies, but unable to do so. How about 20 points from all the studs, by the way? Just real quickly before we go to break, Tobias Harris, Hornet killer, did it again last night over 20 points. Gallinari couldn't miss at all in the early going. Lou Williams shot a great percentage. And also Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell, Tarboro, pride of North Carolina. Montrez Harrell had a very good game. And Billy just ain't cut out to guard Montrez. And even Bismack Biombo is, is kind of tough moving around with Montrez. So you saw all those guys go over 20 points apiece. And that's what eventually would spell doom for the Charlotte Hornets. We're coming to you live from the 730 The Game ESPN Charlotte Studios in Uptown Charlotte. But always, we want to give a shout out to the Gittimer.com Studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, Visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what? are you yeah. listening right, okay. to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, 
It's time for more of the live. Some news in the broadcast booth for the Charlotte Hornets breaking yesterday. Chris Haynes reported Gerald Henderson is joining Charlotte Hornets TV broadcast team for Fox Sports Southeast in what appears to be for remainder of the season. So Gerald coming in as Stephanie Reddy does head on to bigger and better things. Gerald Henderson kind of stepping in the booth and has done a few games so far, I think, for the Charlotte Hornets. And I like Gerald Henderson. You know, I think... I've kind of liked what I've seen from him. I did get to hear Ryan Hollins yesterday. I think the guy is good at speaking. Like I like the inflection and stuff that I all and the emphasis that he brings. But I just didn't really agree with the analysis that he was saying. <laughs> like, what's funny is he kept going on about Malik Monk's arms. Did you guys hear about this? Like, did you guys hear him? He kept on going on about Malik Monk's wingspan, how long it was, and how good it was. This guy's got a great long wingspan. It really helps him. The guy's got a 6'3 wingspan. Like, he's short. His wingspan. He kept going on about it. Like, it's it's one thing to make a mistake. I do it all the time. I'm sure you guys want to point it out to me constantly. I appreciate those who don't. And if you do, it's not really a big deal either. I appreciate you guys letting it slip by. I'm sure I make mistakes as well. But it's just funny. Like, Malik Monk's wingspan was one of the knocks on him coming out of the draft. And for some reason, Ryan Hollins just kept on going on about Monk's wingspan. And then it was also funny, this one you can't really blame him for. But then he was discussing Miles Bridges, and he really likes him as player, as a player, thinks he's going to be a star, and was commending him for his ability to play defense. And then as he was commending him, he gets shook. And I forget who it was. It was like by Lou Williams or somebody. He gets crossed up and then has a J pulled in his face. So it was just funny to see Ryan Hollins, and he admitted it. He was like, okay, you're not really helping out my point. But yeah, Ryan Hollins, interesting things that he had to say in the booth. But congratulations to Gerald Henderson for being on the broadcast crew, at least for the remainder of the season. It'll be interesting to see uh, whether Gerald Henderson sticks around for the long term with this broadcast team. And we appreciate you joining us for this broadcast of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks again for listening here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Dan Favel of Bleacher Report will join us. We'll see about Doug and Nana. We appreciate you putting up with me again for just about 30 minutes or so. We'll have another one for you on a Thursday.